It's time for the Back to the Book broadcast with Brother Jimmy Ruckman. You can send all correspondence to Brother Jimmy Ruckman, 1621 Six Mile Cemetery Road, Maryville, Tennessee, 37803, or email backtothebookbroadcast at gmail.com. The Back to the Book broadcast is a ministry of the Ridgeview Baptist Church in Walland, Tennessee. You can visit the church website at rbcwalland.org. And now the broadcast. If you have your Bibles, turn with me, please, to Psalm 9, um, the book of Psalms, and we're in Psalm 9. We'll read the first 10 verses that give us a starting point for this week. If the Lord will help us, we'd like to preach on this thought, Judgment Day is coming. Judgment Day is coming. Now, we'll, we'll give you a little bit of introduction to the Psalm first, and then we'll get into the thought as we progress throughout today and then the rest of the week. The Bible says this, I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will show forth all thy marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in thee. I will sing praise to thy name, O thou most high. When mine enemies are turned back, they shall fall and perish at thy presence. For thou hast maintained my rights and my cause. Thou sattest in the throne, judging right. Thou hast rebuked the heathen. Thou hast destroyed the wicked. Thou hast put out their name for ever and ever. O thou enemy, destructions are come to a perpetual end. And thou hast destroyed cities. Their memorial is perished with them. But the Lord shall endure forever. He hath prepared his throne for judgment. And he shall judge the world in righteousness. He shall minister judgment to the people in uprightness. The Lord will also be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. For thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. And we'll quit reading there for now, for the sake of time. I want to look first of all at verses 1 and 2. Now, if you you remember, recently we were in Psalms 8, and we, we kind of end, it's neat the way the Lord put these together. Psalms 8 is really a psalm of praise, and, and we preached on that. We, we looked in verses 3 through 6, especially of, of, of um, Psalm 8, and David's talking about, When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon, and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? And we end this psalm in verse 9. He says, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. And you transition from Psalm 8, and many times the psalms don't always go together as far as they weren't written at the same time. But the transition here is definitely God-ordained, just all of them are. This one just seems to really flow. You move right into chapter 9, or, or Psalm 9, and it says, I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will show forth all thy marvelous works. Now, we just got done talking about some of those marvelous works in Psalm 8. Now, we're going to be looking in, in Psalm 9 at some more marvelous works of God and there's so many, there's no way we could go through them all. And this psalm is really, there's maybe a few you could pick out. We see God taking up for the oppressed, God taking up for, for the poor, for those that are, are um, being oppressed by maybe the rich. And many times, you'll see that throughout the psalms. 
But I think the the main work that we see God doing here is, or is really the character of God and the justice of God. So we, we could say the justice and the judgment of God that we are really looking at in this psalm that takes up the majority of, of the theme of the psalm. So here in the first two verses you see uh, we get a look at God's glory and David's he's praising him with his whole heart just like we ought to be. He's praising his character. He's all about him. He talks about how he'll be glad and rejoice in him. He'll sing praise to the name, O Thou Most High. But then we begin to see why in this psalm he is because of some victory that he knows God is going to give them. Now this psalm is, while there was a a application or, or a uh, prophetic aspect to that time where David was looking at maybe a, a situation in his life and th those that write about the psalm they're not exactly sure what time this was written or from what situation but there was a direct um, application of this psalm and a situation it came through but there is a prophetic aspect in this psalm that points to the coming of Christ and the coming judgment of God. We would call it the great white throne judgment. But that is what I want to preach on if the Lord will help us. If we begin to look at in verse number 3, we'll see that there is a future coming judgment event. The psalmist says, When my enemies are turned back, they shall fall and perish at thy presence. We could jump to verse 7, and I'm getting maybe a little bit ahead of myself, but just for sake of making this point, it says in verse 7, He hath prepared his throne for judgment. If we would skip to verse number 12, it talks about him when he maketh inquisition for blood, he remembereth them, he forgetteth not the cry of the humble. And the Lord took my mind to Revelation where you find the, the group of martyrs calling out to God, crying out to God, saying, Oh Lord, how long? How long till you judge our, our adversaries? And, and I'm, I'm not quoting that exactly how how they say it, but you hear them saying that cry, how long, Lord, how long until you'll you'll um, ju judge our enemies, judge them for taking our blood and all that. So, so you see the, the judgment seat of God being looked at here. You see, there's a prophetic aspect to this psalm. There's a future coming judgment event that David is looking at. But then we can look in verses 4, 5, and 6. It says, For thou hast maintained my right and my cause, thou sattest in judgment, or thou sattest in the throne judging right. Thou hast rebuked the heathen, thou hast destroyed the wicked, thou hast put out their name for ever and ever. O thou enemy, destructions are come to a perpetual end, and thou hast destroyed cities, their memorial is perished with them. Now, we see, we go from David, the psalmist here, talking about something that's going to happen in the future, saying, they shall fall and perish at thy presence, to in verse 4, you see he's looking back to some things God has already done. And if you'll allow me to for a second, I, I see us looking in verse number 3 at this future coming judgment, but in verses 4 through 6, 
I see us looking at God's justice. And I want to preach on that just for a moment, just to get our minds in gear for what the rest of this psalm will hold for us. Now, we see the justice of God being carried out here in verses 4 through 6. He's saying, For thou hast maintained my right and my cause. Thou sattest in the throne, judging right. We find him rebuking the heathen and destroying the wicked. This is the justice of God that we are seeing. Now, many people today do not want to talk about this attribute of God. Now, for those of you that are Bible students, you're going to know this, but holiness is God's primary attribute, not love. Today in our generation, we see the majority of people that claim to be Christians, they magnify the love of God over any other attribute. And they say, oh, God is love, God is love, and because God is love, God could judge. But if you are to take away this aspect of God, the justice of God, then you will have removed from Him a very vital aspect of His character. If God is not just, if God is not holy, and if God is only love, then God is not God. You say, well, what do you mean? Let me put it to you this way. Sin is a crime against God. God is, the Bible says very clearly, God's a just judge. Now, if God were to overlook sin in any way, shape, or form, that would not be just. That would not be right. And if God was to do something that was not right, then how would he be God? God is just. You know, the Bible says that he is angry with the wicked every day. We, see, we look at the love of God all the time, but many people forget that God hates sin. He hates that the evil way. He's angry with the wicked over their sin. God loves the sinner, but he hates the sin. Did you know that the Bible says that God will not at all acquit the wicked? Do you understand that God cannot allow any sin, no matter how big or how small, to get by? Because He is just and He is holy. The holiness of God sets forth the law of God. That is a perfect righteousness, a flawless record that you need to have to be able to stand before that holiness of God. But nobody has that. And that's where the justice of God kicks in. When we have committed crimes, when we have committed sins against God, there is a law demanding a penalty for those crimes. And the justice of God calls out saying that penalty must be paid. God cannot allow sin to go unpunished. I don't know if you understand this or not, but I, and I know I'm probably overemphasizing this, but every crime that is committed against God must have that penalty reconciled. Do you realize that you, dear friend, dear listener, you have a sin account with God? God keeps a record. Every action, every word, every thought, 
Every single thing that you've done, God knows about, God has seen it, and God has a record of it. And so our accounts, we have a sin account with God, and that account is just building. More and more and more and more sins to our account that we have built. Do you understand that that sin must be reconciled? There is a penalty that must be paid, just like a bank. And the balances, you, you have to reconcile them. You know what? How much you spent and making sure the amount in the bank that I have left equals the amount that, that I, I spent, you know, making sure all that agrees. You're reconciling that account. God does the same thing with sin. And every sin must be paid for. Every sin has a penalty described or prescribed in the law of God, and it must be paid. We see the justice of God. That when God deals with sin, and God, God always stays for the right. So here in verse 5, we find out God has rebuked the heathen, He's destroyed the wicked, and He's put out their name forever and ever. He's, he's destroyed them. And David's looking to pass things that God has done. I need you to understand something, that when God judges, He's thorough. That judgment is final. God's not going to allow sin to get by. We tend to forget that sometimes. We think we can get by with little things. But I need you to understand, by way of introduction, before we really get into the message, that God is just, and God is holy. And every sin that you've committed, you will have to answer to God for. And there is a judgment day that is coming, and I believe it's coming very soon, to where you will have to give an account. And that sin debt, will have to be reconciled one way or the other. Do you know, my friend, if your sin debt has been taken care of already? Have you come to Jesus, to His cleansing blood? Or do you still have sins outstanding on your account before God? You've been listening to the Back to the Book broadcast with Brother Jimmy Ruckman. You can send all correspondence to Brother Jimmy Ruckman, 1621 Six Mile Cemetery Road, Maryville, Tennessee, 37803, or email broadcast at gmail.com. The Back to the Book broadcast is a ministry of the Ridgeview Baptist Church in Wallen, Tennessee. You can visit the church website at rbcwalland.org.